Hello and welcome to the Double Take Podcast with Jess and Jenny where we talk about all things TV. This week, a lot of things TV. We have a a bit of a sizable TV check-in where I don't know if we have that much overlap, but we've each been watching a lot of different series because as you all probably know, it's a little bit of a marathon March and moving into marathon April. How uh, how has your crazy TV month so far been, Jess? It has been crazy, indeed. Good word. I went to, I mentioned this in the last podcast, but I was at a wedding this weekend, and so I was gone really for four days. I was not off the grid, but not using my computer and certainly not watching television. And I came back and Matt was like, do you want to watch a movie? Like last night we got in. And I was like, I literally can't. I have a list of TV shows that I'm behind on and I'm stressed. So we watched a new show and I still have more. I just have a list that it doesn't get smaller because every day something new comes out. So it's been, it's been good. A little stressful though, I will say. It's weird. I feel like I'm used to waking up in the middle of the night and thinking like, oh my God, I forgot to do this one thing. Like, let me write this on a list so I don't forget. But it's weird that it's TV shows. Like I woke up Saturday morning and rolled over, grabbed my my pen and I was like, big door prize. Got to remember to watch the big door prize. (laughs) Okay. That was literally me yesterday. Did you watch it? That was me yesterday. We got home and I was like, we haven't, I haven't seen this yet. And it came out Wednesday. I'm so many days behind and there's three (laughs) episodes out and people are talking about it and I haven't seen it yet. And that is actually, that's what we watched last night. So I didn't, yeah, I didn't know we both watched that. So that's one area. Oh, yeah, then we do have overlap. overlap. At least. That might be one of the only ones. But, yep. What what else did you get up to this weekend? Anything fun before we dive into TV? I had a game night that was non-TV related, although all the people there know that I do this podcast and newsletter. So they were all like, what new thing should I watch? And I was like, you're making me panic. I don't know. (laughs) Have you heard? I was like, have you heard about Big Door Prize? Oh, my gosh. I think that's <laughs> um, so no. fun, though, when people ask because I'm like, ooh, normally, like, pre-Double Take, I would love to talk to people about TV, but oh, yeah. I felt like I had no authority. There's no, There was no built-in <laughs> authority. Now I'm like, ooh, people actually want to know what's good. Here we go. Self-ordained authority. <laughs> um, I do always a little bit want – I'm like, I need you to fill out a survey for me. You need to tell me like your top five TV shows, what you normally go for. Like True. are you watching to to have it on in the background? I need like a full breakdown of what they're actually asking for because if they're just like what good TV shows, there's too many – there are too many out there. Get out, You know, you just – Yeah, I anyway. always just go with like the most recent one that I have really been enjoying, which I feel like recently it's just been like Shrinking and The Last of Us. Like if you haven't seen those mm-hmm. yet, go do that. But – I feel like there will be other Good blanket wrecks, yeah. Yeah, just the ones that like really stick out. But there's always, I, don't, I feel like the the effort to turn on a new show is getting more, is is increasing with higher, yeah. Like the more shows we watch, and with the an, activation energy, <laughs> literally. Oh my gosh, great way to put it. It's just like not knowing if it's going to be good or not, and starting it, just pressing play on the very first episode. I'm like mentally prepping myself instead of just like going back and watching more ex- episodes of Succession or something that I know is good mm-hmm. and I can like do easily. That little bit, it's of harder. Energy. Yeah, I not that I would like to go back to the days of flipping through the channels and just like seeing what what's on that's good. But I was thinking in the first episode of Big Door Prize, the first couple of scenes are. Uh, without going too far into it, because I think we can discuss it after this, but like the tone that the first couple of scenes set is a very particular, if I told someone what Big Door Prize was about, there's like a good chance they'd be like, nah, I'm not into like mystery, sci-fi, I don't care. But then if they were forced 
by nature of scrolling through TV to watch the first like five minutes, they might get sucked in immediately because it's that kind of, it has like a little bit of Ted Lasso vibes in the way the characters are. And um, I think it's a little bit of a bummer that you have to go off of sort of like two log lines and possibly the recommendation of you or me. That's true. (laughs) Rather than being able to just sort of immerse yourself into five minutes of a show and then decide whether or not you want to continue. Well, I think you could also sort know, of, fig- of like back in the days of network TV, you could figure out sort of like what networks thought were going to be good by what time slot they had and how much they pushed them in like commercials and you could see bits of them and clips of them in commercials and things. And it's such a different experience now to like see a show pop up and only have the log line and like know nothing about it and know nobody that's watched it yet. That's stressful. And I think Apple TV specifically does a bad job of describing their shows but the way they described shrinking and the way they described the big door prize like those two jumped to mind i'm like that's not i wouldn't have sold them the way that they're selling them mm-hmm. we could just talk about the big door prize since we're already talking yeah, let's about do it, it while we're here do you want to tell people what it's about give us the log line <laughs> i feel like i can't i've already uh expressed how much i think it's more complicated than the log line but i will say uh chris o'dowd stars in the big door prize it's a half hour mm-hmm. pretty short yes. i was gonna say i don't actually remember watching it it seemed like quick episodes um i would say it's a comedy slash drama in some ways uh it is about this small town where a machine shows up and uh it gives people their Oh shoot! Now I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it gives them their destiny, but that's not true. It gives them their potential, which for some people is like a huge refresh of, you know, like wow, I can make a whole new chapter in my life. I can, you know, do all these things that I didn't think that I thought were, you know, doors were closed for me. Um, and other people are sort of having some existential crises. It's breaking up some relationships, creating some new relationships. It's just like that's kind of the general vibe. Um, but I say the undertone of it is sort of like a somewhat heartwarming <laughs> so far the 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 general tone is like sweet um and just ordinary people figuring out how to feel about certain things and how to move on with their life and you know self exploration all that all that thing heartfelt i guess is a good keyword yeah it is any, it's definitely any, giving yeah. okay did you read the midnight library Oh, yes, I did. I That's what I'm getting from the show is like, let's make people oh. rethink like their life's path, the different ways that it could have gone, give them existential crises. Like that, that's where the show is going, I think, or where it already is. I That's a good comp. Although I feel like this is so far at least a little less like, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but like less like sweet in the like saccharin like this i don't know midnight library lent a little too oh for sure it was like self-help booky earnest, and like yeah but i just mean the concept yeah. of making somebody go on this journey of am i doing mm-hmm. the right thing in life have i wasted my potential it, it just seems very similar actually the this show is based on a book as well yes um also called the big door prize m.o walsh i believe is the author yeah which i haven't read it's and it doesn't have that many reviews on goodreads so i don't know that it's like a big book whatever would construct that uh but anyway i think what i dislike about it just to jump right into that is you compared it to ted lasso and you said it was sort of earnest heartwarming whatever i feel like it's trying to be ted lasso or shrinking 
and it's just hmm. like not quite as good. It, like to me, it feels sort of like a bad imitation of a Bill Lawrence Brett Goldstein show. Oh, really? I don't get that at all. I don't. Um, I don't think it's doing the same. I mean, clearly, it's not the same core characters. There's less of a like if we're doing a. a um, I mean, the comp would be Ted to um, Chris O'Dowd's character, whose name is escaping me right now. Dusty. But Dusty. It's a good name for that character. Um, which I think he's less – I don't know. Everything's a little less cartoonish than in the Ted Lasso universe, at least in my view. I feel like it's cornier than Ted Lasso. Hmm. I feel like people in Ted Lasso act like – Sitcom characters in some ways, everyone's like a little over the top. It's it's caricatures. Like nobody's like – nobody's really like a real person you'd meet in real life. But the way mm-hmm. that they interact with each other feels very authentic and the relationships feel really like thought out and deep. And in this show, I feel like – I don't know. We're sort of getting the sitcom character, your shtick. But really we're getting like – I think the characters are really authentic. But I feel like what they're – doing and how they interact with each other and the scenes that they're in they feel corny to me like having the mom like cheerlead at the basketball game like I I just I guess I'm thinking of like the two teens like most like a lot of the teenage interactions I feel like are very I'm very disturbed by the last scene in the third episode Mm -hmm. and I won't say what it is because people are gonna watch (laughs) it that would be kind of a big come back to it next time I don't know like nobody's acting in a way that feels like real with each other like, I get the shtick of, like, comedies, you know, it can be a little over the top. But I just feel like it's a little corny. I, it's not totally working mm-hmm. for me, this show, so far. Yeah, so far, I don't know. I'm, I think maybe I'm reading in the wrong, this the wrong way, but I think the way that people aren't acting real with another is that is kind of maybe going to be part of the point. And maybe that's not exactly what you mean by, like, real with one another. But I do think it's sort of like there are all these pretenses and – uh uh, yeah, people are acting different ways in front of their parents or in front of their spouses, and it's not really the way that they feel or think. Or it's kind of you need to be more introspective before you can actually portray the way you feel or want to be or whatever with with the people around you. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it does. It's not. It's not feeling too corny. Although maybe my like corny meter <laughs> right now is is I, I can tolerate more because I feel like there have been a couple of shows that you or like Fallon or other people have said are corny and I'm like, eh, that's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. I and I feel like even thinking back to what I just said about it maybe isn't exactly what I mean. Like how Ted Lasso characters are sort of sitcommy characters, but they're not so over the top. Like they're definitely not super realistic all the time. Like like do you really know anyone in real life? Like Roy can't know. No one's that grumpy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> The, like, things they say aren't super sitcom-y, I feel like. I don't know. The, no, the big door they are cries, absolutely, like, like, quippy things that people would not say in real life. They are, but in a way Lasso. that's, like, clever, not, like, corny. I, I think there's something about the dialogue in Ted Lasso that I find myself thinking, like, oh, that was, like, cutesy or clever, but, like, and sometimes cheesy, but then they find a way to, like, dial it back or like be self-aware I think we've talked about this before in a way that sort of like makes it feel better whereas this show so far I feel like is going for the same blend of like sort of corny but also clever and just some of the jokes 
just are too on the side of corny. It it hasn't really made me laugh in these first. Do you three have episodes. an example? Yeah, the Giorgio guy, the guy who owns the restaurant, and his whole. Oh yeah, is I kind like, of ignore him. But that's what I mean. Like I feel like there's a few. There's been a few moments in the first few episodes where I'm like, okay, I get the joke, but I'm not laughing, and it's a little corny. And wait, something in particular that he said, or his character in general? The like character in general, existence. but there was there was a moment where they're like sitting at a restaurant, and he's like. He starts eating their food off their plates and they're like clearly on a special date. Like mm. that to me, I was like, okay, I, I, get, I get the joke based on mm-hmm. the character that we'd met a minute ago. Like he's over the top. He's obsessed with himself. But like it wasn't working for me comedically. I was just like, oh, okay. That's this man's trope. That's the that's what we've got here. Yeah. But I do see a world in which I like the show a lot more as the characters build relationships with each other and I understand them better because that's just how comedies mm-hmm. work. And I didn't yeah. dislike the show. I just – I think the fact that I'm thinking about Ted Lasso while I'm watching it is doing it a big disservice because of how much I like Ted Lasso. And they're really two different shows. There's no reason for me to really be comparing them. But but it's what I was doing naturally. And yeah. it just needs time to be its own thing. I'm in a weirdly different bucket. I think I, I – this is not to say that I'm over Ted Lasso. But I have been – like a couple of episodes that I've watched recently – it always does bring it back around to like, oh, yes, this is charming and I do like this show. But I kind of often get to the point where I'm like, it's not as great. Like, I I can't put this on a pedestal and just be like, nothing's wrong with it. Um, there are parts that I think are too corny or like whatever. And I think maybe that's why I don't mind or like I'm I'm OK with watching a show that is like I thought was really, really good. And now I'm like, it's still really good, but I'm. It's it's not on the same pedestal that it was. And so maybe that is allowing me to enjoy shows like it that are not, again, that are like a little corny or a little out there. Um, I hate to admit that that is how I feel. That's how I felt a lot about shrinking. Yeah, but I didn't had to you do not like a really lot of like, like shrinking that much? For the same reason. And then when I started watching Ted Lasso again, I was like, this is a better version. But there are still some of those elements that I that are like a little bit like it's a lot of quips it's like so many smart quips which oh, i get it it's part of fair. the charm i like that but, what i yeah. really like about it is what you're getting sick of and that's fair mm-hmm. i th- i think it's just a lot of it this show really isn't ted lasso i just think i need a few more episodes to like divorce them from each other in my brain and i do like the mystery element of it and i hope that that sort of like develops more because i think they've got something cool there with the genre mix of mystery and comedy so far, it's been sort of the backseat, and they'll do these like tiny mini cliffhangers. Like, what did mm-hmm. her card say? And then you get the answer like minutes later. It's, the next, yeah, yeah so the it's next like it's, episode. It's not leaning into the mystery so much, but I kind of hope it does. I hope it builds that a little bit. Uh, the priest. I don't want to say what his thing was, but that one got me. Oh, that, like whole. I really liked that scene. Yes, yeah, I agree, mm-hmm. and also like the sort of ambiguity what what I thought wasn't ambiguous although Matt asked about it and we ended up having a conversation about it and I was like you know I like that they didn't straight up tell us what exactly was happening although they probably will in the next scene in the next episode (laughs) if I had to guess but I liked that you had to think about it and I think there's sort of one obvious conclusion to why he was reacting the way he was reacting but Mm -hmm. again I liked that they didn't hit us over the head with it yeah me too um, I think that's all I have to say about this one for now. We we can uh, convene when we've watched more episodes. We'll do. But what's next on the list for you? Oh, for me, 
Um, mm-hmm. I watched t- earlier today, uh, General, please, the first episode of season seven of Riverdale. I'm kidding. I'm not gonna. <laughs> ta- I'm go. not gonna talk about it. It was <laughs> fine. It was Riverdale. Uh, I did actually watch that, but it was sort of a joke. Uh, I wanted to talk about the Night Agent. I can't remember if I brought this up Ugh. yet. Did you watch it at all? No, but it reminds me too much of that Noah Centineo Netflix thing that I thought was bad. And like a million other political thrillers that yes. all look the same in the trailer and have the same generic looking white man as the lead character. Mm-hmm. And I swear these are all the same show in different fonts. And I watched – this is on Netflix, by the way. I don't think I said that. Uh, the Night Agent is – it's a political thriller. It's about – I don't know. It's a political thriller. It has the same general premise as every other political thriller. There's like people lying to other people that are high up in government. There's espionage. There's conspiracy theories, spies, etc. It's, I think, not very good. I watched four episodes, I think, and there's like 10. It is number one on Netflix right now, I believe, and it has garnered a lot of watch hours according to Netflix's metrics. So people are watching it, and I guess by word of mouth, people are enjoying it. I personally know a few people that really liked it, and they thought it was just like a fun binge watch sort of thing. And I can see how someone would find it enjoyable to just like sit down and watch and sort of go through the twists and have it be this generally entertaining show. But I don't know. Maybe it's just because I don't particularly love the political thriller genre, but I feel like I was watching like an AI version of like they put all the political thrillers that already exist into (laughs) an AI and spit out this and it's so bland. And I don't think I'm going to keep watching it. But like I said, people liked it. So take my advice with a grain of salt. Do I think you, Jenny, will like it? No. But do I think the audience <laughs> might? Maybe. They'd have to make like another born identity type thing for me to get back into that genre. And by that, I mean, they cannot remake the born identity. I just mean like it would have to be a new take which it doesn't seem like anyone is doing. It doesn't seem like there's either any new takes. <laughs> there, but there doesn't I feel like for me it's not even that it has to be super unique in concept, but they need some aspect of it to be really entertaining or compelling like having a uh, Matt Damon. Is that who the who's Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Matt Damon. I was like what is coming out of your mouth right now? <laughs> or uh well cuz my brain was stuck on Mission Impossible and I wanted to say a Tom mm. Cruise because I I actually no, really no. like the Mission Impossible movies. But this lead character in this show is just, yeah, he's like a, I don't know, a C-tier Marvel reject. Like he's just giving bland white man with arm muscles. Not a lot of personality. Very not memorable in my opinion. And then the lead girl and he have zero chemistry. But from like the first episode, they're apparently like flirting. And it's just... Yeah, I don't know. Those things really bother me and take me out of it. So I can't just be like, oh, I wonder who the mole in the government is. I'm just thinking like, wow, Mm -hmm. this character is so boring and these characters have no chemistry. And every time they're in a scene together, I'm like, just... What are you even talking about with each other? Yeah, Yeah. just not interested. So it's a no from me. Got it. Um, What did you watch? I watched a couple more things. I watched The Power on Amazon. Oh, yes. Tell me. Sorry. Prime Video. <laughs> um, with Tony Collette as the mayor um, who we had talked about last last podcast that she's a good actor 
she just doesn't always play like the material that she's in is not always our favorite, I think is a good characterization. I think I'm really enjoying the power so far, the first few episodes. And again, I knew this. I I, <laughs> I texted you last night saying the thing about me having read The Power many, I guess in 2016, is that I only remember the vaguest of plot points. And I remembered that the mayor was like a little bit of an iffy character for me. And the fact that she's playing that character is, and again, like she's doing a great job, but I'm just like, ah, I don't really like you, Fair. <laughs> which is such a huge bummer. But um, but I do think she's doing a good job in the role. The Power, again, for those of you who might not know, also based on a book um, about the world we live in, it's set right now, the, the world of the book is set obviously a few years back when it was published, but in the TV show, it is, it happens to be post-COVID or like today. Um, and the premise is that all of a sudden teenage girls develop the ability to conduct electricity. And then the series sort of just goes from there. So the first episode is girls starting to realize that they have this ability. And then the next few are the rest of the world figuring out like the governments of different of different countries calling it a hoax and like trying to figure out what's going on um and then yeah it's it's playing out from there so i think they're doing a good job i think some of the um like what am i trying to say there are some cinema to graphical elements that are uh, not exactly what I would have chosen. I don't love. It's just like weird. This is nitpicky stuff. I would I would recommend it to anyone who likes interesting dramas. Is okay with a little bit of. It's not even really sci-fi, although, like I said, teenage girls are conducting electricity, so there's a little bit of that. But it's a it's a lot more <laughs> philosophical and like societal in nature. Like the story they're telling is about how this new thing changes the society that we live in. The characters, there are a lot of them are all pretty compelling so far. A lot of them are obviously teenage girls, which love to see it. Um, oh my God. I almost completely forgot the, uh, oh shoot. I should have looked up his name beforehand, but from Ted Lasso, the, um, the player who Jimo. is, yes, is in, um, is in the power as a, a budding journalist who happens to catch something on on camera that he then uploads to YouTube and sets the world hmm. aflame Love him. a little bit. He's great. Yes, he's doing a great job. Anyway, I was in the middle of saying I would I would really recommend this to most people. I was watching it and Carter was in the room with me, facing away from the TV, trying to do his own work like with headphones in, and I caught him looking at the TV like every three minutes or so. And by the end, he was like, uh, so what's happening? Like, you're going to need to catch me up so I can watch with you the next episode. Oh, fun. Also, so. is that Matt Damon? Carter? Did we figure that out? <laughs> is that? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carter is, I'm going to say face blind, but like selectively so. I think the opposite he thought of Robert Downey Jr. And have I told you this? That he thought so. um, Hugh Jackman and Robert Downey Jr. He cannot tell the difference between the two of them. Oh, please. Mm -hmm. That's so funny. Yes. So there have been a couple of actors on The Power that he's been like, who's that? And named a person that it very much was not. It's so funny. Do you think I will yeah. like it or no? Um, It depends. Are, like what kinds of – I don't know. What kinds of dramas have you been liking lately? I can only really think of the like 
comedies that you've been into? I mean, you know, generally like my feelings about sci-fi and stuff like that. It's like it's a hit or miss for me. So is it like I think I don't think you would I don't think this is anywhere near Night Agent or whatever that was. No, but it's like, okay, like I like The Handmaid's Tale. I don't didn't love Paper Girls. Like, I don't know. Those are just two random yeah. examples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm uh I think you would like it. I think maybe not as much as Handmaid's Tale. Maybe somewhere between like season three of Handmaid's Tale and season four of Handmaid's Tale. But still above Paper Girls. Okay. Um, yeah. I will check it out probably. I mean, you've got time. You can, you can wait till the other ones are are have been watched. Um, I want to talk about Class of 07. Yes, because I also watched that this weekend. Did you finish it? I did. Thoughts? Last weekend, this weekend. I liked it a lot. Mainly it made me want to rewatch Please Like Me, which is another Australian oh, comedy that, that I've mentioned yeah, many times. I can't find it on – it used to be on Hulu – I think I might need to pull out the VPN. Yeah, I looked on Netflix and Hulu and I didn't see it on either of those. So I was yeah. like, I don't know this one. Normally, I like I sh- name a show, I can name the streaming service, but I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where this yeah. show is. Yeah, I think it calls for a VPN or a strongly worded letter to someone to put it back on Hulu or Netflix. Um, and just to but- be clear, I don't know if it's totally clear that we transitioned to talking about Please Like Me. Class of 07 <laughs> is on Prime Video and you can definitely yes. watch it on Prime Video. All of the episodes, yeah. I liked it. It wasn't my – I mean, I liked it enough to watch pretty much barrel through from episode one to episode seven, I think is the last one, um, within the span of like three days. Is it 10 episodes? I think there are 10 no. episodes. No, I think there are. But I so like – It's like five it. hours. Like you can just sit down and watch the whole thing. Or I think I watched it in like two days. Yeah. I was expecting it to be less silly than it was, but I didn't mind it. Again, like it's – it was – um the apocalypse portion, you have to suspend your disbelief for many reasons, but it doesn't matter. It's so goofy. It's It's not a realistic comedy. No. Oh, there are eight episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Pretty quick watch. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. It's, I think we said this maybe last time, but it's a post-apocalyptic drama, but it's a comedy uh, instead of being like a serious drama. Uh, But it does have that element of like, there's a bunch of girls they were at their high school reunion and it was an all girls school high school reunion. And now they're stranded because there was an apocalyptic event. And so they're forced to survive. My thinking on comedy comparison was like, I thought of bridesmaids, like sort of raunchy, sort of just like goofy, but I will say this is a little bit more goofy even. I don't know if goofy is yeah. the right word. Oh, yeah. No, I I agree with Goofy. Uh, goof, like not quite slapstick, but like going towards slapstick for sure. Yeah. Also gory in ways, but not in like a horror gore. It's like gore for the sake of comedy, which I can't think of what that, that's why t- I said slapstick. I also there wasn't a ton of that just for my friends who are going to be immediately like, I can't watch oh, that. There was very little like, gore. Not – yeah, yeah, yeah. Not by sight. And not really violence. Like, like not Reference. a lot of violence. No, just uh, just I mean I'm thinking of one thing in particular. Yeah, there's <laughs> like, surgery. There, there are but... moments I know, but that's what I thought of for Gore too. Honestly, overall, mm-hmm. I would say not a significant, not not a lot of violence or gore, no. but definitely some like gross out moments overall. Like they definitely did not shy away from that. 
No, which I like. And I, yeah, I thought it was refreshing in the way of comedies. I love a lot of the actors that are in this. Caitlin Stacey in particular, like we've mentioned, is is pretty excellent. The mother from Please Like Me, the show that I mentioned before, plays the nun in this um, TV show. She's great. She, I mean, in Please Like Me, she's like my favorite, but um, doesn't have as big of a role here. And I liked all the other girls too. Like I think all of them are good. I, I, I'm excited to see more of them in the next season. Hopefully gets uh, renewed. Hopefully it has been promising to me that I feel like people are watching it. Like when it first came out, there was like no press around it and Swarm overshadowed it that weekend. It wasn't, I don't even think it was in the top five on Prime Video, but last time I was on Prime Video, it was like number two, I think. So I'm feeling like word of mouth is doing well for it. And I hope so because I really want a season two. It did end on a bit of like a cliffhanger. So it'll be a bummer if it doesn't get one. Although not the end of the world. It wasn't like, it's not a mystery. It's not a show where like Hmm. the mystery matters. Like you can absolutely watch season one. And if it doesn't get renewed, like still feel good about having watched it. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I will say I didn't love, it was like the the part, there were some parts of the show that got a little too over the top for me. The American exchange student character is just like, just getting over the edge of they could have reined that back in a little bit. They didn't need to go so over the top with her character and her storyline. I agree. She wasn't my favorite. Yeah. I but. I feel like I could have used more Caitlin Stacy even. They sort of centered her in like, <laughs> She's the, like the main character first yeah. half. But no, but then yeah, I feel like they let up a little bit. And honestly, I just wanted Caitlin Stacy the whole time. I just wanted it all to be about Caitlin Stacy. I just like <laughs> I, I just love her so much. And I think that character was really well done. And Mm -hmm. the show had these moments of very real emotion and sort of like when they started to peel back the characters' backstories and their relationships with each other from 10 years ago, back when they were in high school, to their relationships now as adults and some of the things they faced as high schoolers, like the characters are learning for the first time and so are you as the audience learning as you watch it. I thought all of that was done really well and added so much to the show. Like it wasn't just a comedy. It was also – it had all this incredible character work. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought it was so surprisingly good. I had to really get my – force myself to watch the second episode because the first episode did not work for me at Mm -hmm. all. But then I was so happy I stuck with it. I agree with everything you just said. I'm thinking about – there are a few things it took me, I don't know if it was just through the first episode and then by the second episode I was clicked in, but the suspension of disbelief is the wrong term. I don't even know what it is. It's sort of just like changing your expectations of what of what this show is going to be. I, there were certain things about the way that the um, women slash girls, depending on how you're viewing them, because they sort of revert back to their high school self, but um, the way they interact with one another and like are so quick to to jump to conclusions about it like was frustrating in the beginning, how quickly some of them jumped to like, this is your fault or like you should have told us this or like whatever. And I get that that's supposed to be sort of indicative of how sometimes teenage girls are and how quickly alliances can shift and how quickly you feel like a victim or then, and then are made the, the enemy or the, um, what's the opposite of victim? <laughs> the perpetrator. Yeah. <laughs> perpetrator. Uh, villain. villain. That's the one. Oh, wow. that's what you wanted. That's what I wanted. Um, but 
I will say in the first, I'm going to say episode or two, maybe even two and a half, I was a little like, ugh, this is frustrating. Clearly, this is not her fault. Or like, clearly well, the first they episode, should be giving I feel like I know what you're talking slack. about. And it was yeah. towards the end of the first episode. That was why I was like, I want to turn this off. Because mm. to me, that was just over the top. And I see, now that I've seen the whole season, I get it. But I didn't know that. I didn't, yeah, didn't know the tone right. yet. And I was like, I'm sorry, the person who wrote this show hates women. That's the only explanation <laughs> for why she would write them so catty and terrible. Yeah, but, you have to be willing to invest a little bit of time and let the show just sort of unfold. And and it'll, I think it pays off. It's not, I don't know what I would give this rating wise. Like maybe, bet- I don't know, C plus, B minus for now. Um, I thought it was really enjoyable. I gave it a B but plus I, in the newsletter a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I think I might I think I might stick with B minus just because of those that that sort of initial hiccup start. There was only one episode though, which to be fair from a comedy is it's pretty good to be invested by episode two. Yeah, yeah. They they've got the hook part down. It's just and there was just like some parts that I thought could have been refined better, like that character like I was mentioning and and some of that stuff at the beginning. But yeah, I liked it a lot. I was surprised. And also, if anyone can hear me that is in charge of Please Like Me, like put it on some <laughs> kind of streaming surface so that I can rewatch it. I have to look to make sure it isn't on like Peacock or somewhere that you just don't have. I'll check I later. So I... Okay. <laughs> what else do you have what on your list? I watched Up Here. Oh. Have you seen that Yes, yet? I need to. No, I haven't seen. I'm waiting for your review mm. because I'm scared. Tell us what it. Tell us what it is first. <laughs> I'm gonna say. Do you want me to just say my? Uh, it is the sort of musical comedy, du jour. Uh, I feel like one of them comes around every couple of years. It's like your crazy ex girlfriends. Your, I guess Schmigadoon is different, but um, there have been like a, sort of like internal. Oh, Zoe's infinite. Yeah, playlist. Zoe's extraordinary playlist. Extraordinary, thank you. Playlist. Uh, very similar vibes. Like what the, the things that are being sung are the internal thoughts of the main characters um, and the people that they carry with them. So for our main character, sort of like her parents, the thoughts inside her head that represent sort of her mom and her dad, and then a childhood friend that played a part in a semi-traumatic slash life-changing <laughs> memory of hers. So these people are constantly in her head and influencing what she's thinking about certain things and then um other influential characters are like the inner voices of some other characters at its core it seems to be a like comedy love story these are are these two people fated to be together like you know there are foibles there are they start to get closer to one another and then someone does something wrong and then they you know it's not a lot of like will they won't they but i'm a little bored right now and also don't care about the music and uh, I don't yeah it's, I'm not loving it <laughs> is what I'll say I did not finish the um all of the episodes that are out because I just couldn't do it I uh I think I watched four or five that's plenty that. if you don't like it <laughs> Yet I'm not, I don't know if there's it much hope it pains for it. me a little because I like Mae Whitman a lot I just kind of don't get – I don't really get it. I don't – like if someone came to me with this premise, I'd be like, yeah, and? <laughs> like what? Are there just going to be some really kick-ass songs? And then I'd be like, mm, they're going to be some middling songs. It's the Lopez's like, well, too. It's the duo that wrote the music to Frozen. So like we know they've got it in them to write some 
Don't make that face. The songs no, in no, Frozen no. are excellent. I'm that's not what that face okay. meant. I'm trying to think. I like okay, the the song that they made into the title sequence song is catchy for sure. And I bet if I listened to some of the other songs again, I might be like, oh yeah, okay, this is like decent. But in the context of the show, it's not doing it for me. I'm not invested in the characters enough to care about the song. Like the way that a good musical will pull you in and pull on your heartstrings and, you know, tell you the motivations of what's coming next. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not loving it. They're like more filler and less like, I don't know. Yeah, I also think my tolerance for the like classic two people are clearly slated to be the main love interests for one another and they – in the span of like one episode, get together and then break up and then get together and then break up. Like I, that people have to be more reasonable <laughs> and rational and just like be more like human beings sometimes and actually talk to one another rather than just assuming the worst. And then uh, that's the worst anyway. rom-com trope. No, you're right. The one where it's, it's all just, just exhausting communicating, like nobody communicates. I hate that. That's the worst one. I don't really like yeah. them in the first place too much. Um, I mean, in book form, it's sometimes fine. No, like, well, yes. Like, I I think a lot of rom-coms are not great and don't really do it for me. Some of them are excellent. I don't want to say I'm a rom-com hater. Like, I love 10 Things I Hate About You and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. But, like, can I think of more off the Mm -hmm. top of my head? No. I don't know. I think a lot of them (laughs) are very mediocre. So when they come along in show form and there's music involved and the Mm -hmm. reviews aren't great that i've seen also yours oh i haven't actually seen any other reviews i'm just like I was trying uh, to avoid them yeah i don't know that i need to watch that it's probably not gonna do it for me yeah i heard the same thing I, that you said which is like the songs are fine the show could probably just not have the songs at all yeah i don't really know what they're supposed to be adding That's it do- doesn't seem like they fit well yeah i also it's... never watched like i didn't watch the always extraordinary playlist i didn't watch crazy ex-girlfriend like, I don't know that I like – I'm not compelled to watch musical shows. I like musicals, but I, there's something about that concept that's not hooking me. I watched both of those shows, and I will admit that I got pretty far into – not, not pretty far. I got it first two seasons of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, first season and a half to Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and was enjoying it, like casual viewing. Um, but clearly I did not see them through to the end. Like, I don't know what happens in either of them. They lost me. And those, like, I think Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist maybe had a little bit more insane of a premise, but the, it made it a little bit more fun, like the types of musical things they could do. Whereas this one, it's built in and we're just supposed to take it for granted that these people are just sing. Like it's, it's a mu- it's true musical. There's no, there's no. Like, why are these people singing? Like there are in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. It's just sort of like, you're in a musical now. And it's not a musical that I'm loving. Mm. Just, yeah. Mm. Anyway. Probably a skip for me. Did you watch Great Expectations? No, not yet. Have you? No. I will not be watching but... that. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> it's, just on our, it's just on the list that I'm looking at of shows that recently came out. Yeah, I know. But I feel like I said, yeah, I can check that one out. And you were like, I might still check that one out. I feel like I have the text yeah, but then I heard it one. wasn't great. So now I'm okay. I know I wasn't yeah, gonna like did. it unless it was like 
everybody said it was good, then maybe I was going to like it. Like, that's just so not my genre. Pure, yeah. Like, period dramas are a hard sell for me in the first <laughs> place. And they're like your bread and butter. So I just figured that was a – that's a you one. Yeah, I will definitely check it out. Also, Olivia I'll, Coleman. I know. Love her. She's yeah, probably I'll good. I'll have some updates for you on that next time we talk, okay. hopefully. Although this week is uh, getting a little crazy. We got we got holidays galore, a lot of travel. I don't have a lot of time to watch TV. That's fine. I don't, it's a pickle. I think as long as we've got things that we're talking about. <laughs> you don't, you're, it, I don't know. You're not in a jam to watch that one. I'm just curious what you think about okay. it. Did you watch Lucky Hank? Probably not. No, I've never even heard the words Lucky Hank put together. <laughs> Please. I'm sure we've talked about it. I, have, I haven't seen it. No. It's at least in our show radar spreadsheet that I know you look at just as much as I look at. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Lucky Hank is on AMC. That's the other thing that I, I don't think you can access that. Uh, it's Bob Odenkirk's new show. So hey, Odenkirk. I think that's the only reason people are watching it. I assume that's the only reason it got sold. Like, I assume that he was attached when they sold this because the premise is he's a professor that's having like a middle age crisis and he's so he's like grumpy and not happy with his life. And it's sort of a comedy, sort of like a, you know, like a biting comedy. Um, not the most pleasant. Wait, have you seen thing it? To You've watch. seen? Yeah, I saw the first episode okay. and I was like, well, this character is mean. And no one so far is likable. And that's not always a problem. But I also don't understand the point. Like the point of the show seems to just be the characters. And Mm -hmm. the characters are all sort of like boring or unlikable thus far. And Bob Odenkirk's good. So if I keep watching it, it'll just be to see like, why is he attached to this project? There has to be some reason that I don't see yet. But I'm just sort of like, I don't know so far. Not really sure why mm. this is a show. That's my review. But I'll have to watch more before I give like an actual review because I've only seen one episode, which isn't it's not fair to truly review it yet. But I'm yeah, a very we've all seen what happened with class 07. Yes, exactly. But I'm very <laughs> meh so far on that one. And I started watching Warrior Nun. Have you heard of that? Yes. Um, but I've never seen it. But I feel like people are pretty into it. Well, there's a grassroots movement to bring it back. Yeah. Because it got canceled after two seasons on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And its fans are very loud, very organized. (laughs) They like – Are you going to be one of them now? We'll have to see. I'm three episodes in. And everybody says it gets really good in season two. Even the mega fans will go so far as to say like you have to sort of push through the beginning. But then apparently it just like took off in season two and everyone was obsessed with it, everybody who saw it. And it just didn't get pushed out onto Netflix. It didn't really get marketing. The people who mm-hmm. didn't watch it like didn't know about it at all. I didn't even know about it at all. And this was mm-hmm. after we had already started, you know, talking about TV for like a year mm-hmm. at this point where I started to hear about it. And I I think like I started to get random TikTok comments that were like, watch Warrior Nun. I literally thought it was <laughs> spam. I was like, that show name is so <laughs> dumb. This has to be a joke. And it happened enough times that I realized it wasn't. Someone even said, like, ignore the terrible name. It's really good. And I finally Mm. was like, okay. Also, it kept getting brought up in the conversation uh, around, like, shows with, um, like, lesbian characters getting canceled because it was, like, one in the line Mm. of shows from last year that were canceled that featured lesbian characters. And so I was like, okay, I definitely want to watch it. 
I finally got around to it. And the premise is interesting so far. I mean, I'm in the episodes that people said you had to like push through. And still I'm like, oh, I don't hate this. Like, You're not hating it. Yeah. It's a, it's a little bit, it's in the realm of shows that like I either like or dislike depending on how wacko this sort of, not sci-fi in this case, but like fantasy elements get. Like hmm. I have a just, you know me, I have a very like fine line when it comes to mm-hmm. fantasy shows. And so, like, the premise is interesting, sort of. So far, all I know is she's, like, this main character has in uh, a halo that was, like, placed into her. She wasn't supposed to be the carrier of the angel's halo. She just, like, mistakenly <laughs> got it. And now this, like, cult of halo-keeping priests or something like that are, like, after her because they want the halo back. So like again, this premise sounds weird. It's yep. so close to losing me in terms of the premise, but like the main character is really like watchable. So it's like what I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. it's like it needs something that I'm still into if the premise isn't quite working for me and it does have that. So I am optimistic. I wonder how many showrunners and writers wish they could go back and redo their first seasons of television i feel like there's a whole list of shows that are sort of like you just got to push through i mean a lot of comedy a lot of sitcoms are like that but yeah it just like relies on a bunch of people having had the willpower to sit through or been bored enough to sit through a show that they were like a little mad about and then get super stoked on later um i just can't imagine how anyone thought the name warrior nun was a good idea (laughs) and then how people other people it kind of slaps it's like a good band name I literally thought it was a joke <laughs> when somebody told me to watch it. Like, it's just, it's so remarkably terrible. Mm-hmm. What about that would drive you to click on that show? Like a silly, goofy cover art. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a miracle that the number of people watched it who did watch it. And then the, sh- it's, the show is just so good that it's gotten all this momentum behind it, which is really cool. I, I'm not at the point where I'm like, man, I really hope they bring it back for a season three, but Mm. the people really want a season three so do with that info what you will well i'll wait to hear more about what you think if you're a convert and then maybe i will a convert is that a nun joke convent convert is it a is it a christianity religion joke joke? it's adjacent um yeah no that's exciting new stuff anything else from you i think i've kind of exhausted all of the stuff except for new episodes of abbott and ted lasso which we can talk about later yeah i'm caught up on yellow jackets season two which Mm. i don't have to talk about a lot but for people who haven't watched yellow jackets yet it's so good and season two is two episodes out so far it's still really good hasn't lost me yet just getting better i love this show so much my plan right now is to get a um, a trial once all of the episodes for season two come out so that I can just marathon them all. That's fair. Yeah, it's on Showtime. That's probably most of my friends and family who I've recommended this show to. That's probably like the biggest deterrent. Um, mm-hmm. I can just give you my login though, Jenny. Uh, d- um, don't tell anyone I said that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, just give me the deets on air right now. <laughs> But no, people should, yeah, get a trial, whatever. It's it's an excellent survival drama show. My friend, after I rec- recommended 
I think my main recommendations for last year were like Yellow Jackets, the resort, probably mm. another one that I'm like not thinking of. And my friend was like, yeah, we watch all these shows that you recommend. And I'm feeling like you really like shows where you have like no idea what's going on and everything's like a little bit miserable. And I was like, yes, <laughs> perfect explanation. <laughs> yeah, I feel like what people should know about you is that for a long time when we were growing up, Lost was your number one show and no other show could top it. So and that seems like a good – uh, it falls into that category. <laughs> it, yeah, it's funny. Every time – I think even on my review for Yellow Jackets, I was like, if you liked Lost, get ready because this is mm-hmm. your new favorite show. So yeah, it's definitely like in that vein, but better because it's a bunch of teenage girls and – Man, that that. genre is just killing it right now. Like the -hmm. way they've suddenly realized in Hollywood that teenage girls have a lot of depth to them and are actually interesting lead characters. Like, hallelujah. It's a good time to be a teenage girl. Well, no, it probably still is not. No. (laughs) (laughs) I think people are still pretty depressed. It's probably still pretty shitty. At least there's more, you know. More media that represents you and isn't just gossip girl, as if any of us were achieving that. XOXO. But yes, I think I'm done. I think that's it. All right. That was a good list. A hefty list. Um, I think we've got some podcast for to check in with Ted Lasso. Potentially, like I said, Abbott. I don't know. Um, are you planning on watching Succession, catching up with Succession enough that we could maybe do a new season check-in? What do you If so, about? it'll be in at least like three weeks because I do have Got to it. watch a whole season and a half and then the episodes that I'm racing to catch up on for season four so I'm playing catch up I will do my best it would be fun to do episodes on that yeah all right well in the meantime I will watch it and be quiet about it okay. um appreciate it but yeah we'll talk soon all right see you then find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode Thank you for listening to Double Take. If you like what you heard, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review. See you next time. The Double Take podcast is produced by Jess Ball and me, Jennifer Cullen.